every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 49th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, flying solo today without my co-host, Ken Watmore. And part of the reason for that is I'm here to introduce you to a new friend of mine, John Hurst, a guy that I've actually gotten to know via Twitter, who is the CEO of an organization called GMI. And GMI is actually just kind of down the interstate a bit from us here in South Denver. They're in Colorado Springs. And yeah, I was able to interview John for the latest episode of the podcast. And uh, as you all know, on the podcast, we as we do interview episodes, we are asking the same three questions. And uh, interestingly, John had a, a little different take on uh, the three questions that we ask, but did a fantastic job of course, John will introduce you to his organization called GMI, an abbreviation for Global Mapping International. According to their website, GMI leverages research and technology to create, cultivate, and communicate mission information leading to insight that inspires kingdom service. And so, you know, as a agency director myself of an organization, organization like GMI that can provide timely information in areas where we're working is a real benefit and so seems like they're doing some great job i've i've actually gone onto their website and some months ago and uh, subscribed to some of their content that i've been getting particularly they have a tool called Missio graphics which has been really a key deal great deal so anyway enjoy the episode i think you guys will really enjoy it and uh thanks for joining us for this the latest episode of the made for missions podcast well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest, uh, actually, this is a podcast uh, interview, Made for Missions podcast interview, and I'm here with John Hurst. John is the director at an organization, actually, just down the road from us in uh, Colorado Springs, uh, Global Mapping International, better known as GMI. Uh, John, thanks for being here. Great to be with you today. Yeah, I'm sure interested before we get into the Need for missions, three questions that we ask all those that are that we interview. Why don't you give us a little uh, couple minutes on who you are, kind of the GMI uh, purpose and mission and what you guys are about. Sure, love to have everyone find out a little bit about you guys. Thanks so much. No, it's our, our pleasure to share. Yeah, GMI is, is a unique little group on mission. You know, a lot of mission agencies are very focused on doing work somewhere in the world, specifically on, on the field, church planting or discipleship or mercy ministries. Well, GMI gets to be part of every one of those 
but in a very specific way. We are involved in missions research. But the way we describe missions research, and I, and I think it's been helpful to a lot of people because, you know, we, research can sound real wonky and uh, you can, you know, kind of be a little bit unsure of what, what's involved in research. So we describe it as the idea of knowledge stewardship, meaning that our job at GMI is to help ministries around the world to steward the knowledge that God has given them in order to have greater kingdom impact. So just like everyone listening today is stewarding their time, their talents, their treasures, we're, our case that we're making is that we also need to be stewarding the knowledge that God gives us. And so we do that through research such as surveys. We, we do a lot of mapping, like our name, Global Mapping. We started back in about 30 years ago at the U.S. Center for World Mission, and we were focused on developing the first digital mapping platform to help the church around the world know where the church was and where the church wasn't. And so that was kind of our beginnings, but then it expanded out from there. And we realized that we had a bigger role to play, not only mapping where the church was and wasn't, but really helping the church to use information in what we call a spirit-led way. How do you integrate information into the process that you're already involved in of praying for God's wisdom, seeking wisdom in the scriptures, seeking wisdom from those around you, you know, understanding your, your surroundings well? How does uh, information play a part in that? So that's really what GMI does. And we we really do three things. We do that direct research, we do the mapping, and then we also do publishing where we publish resources based on the research and the data that we collect. And we pull that together in fun, creative ways like infographics and books and you know research reports and maps and ways that people can act on it. So the goal we always have is to say, how can we make a missions information actionable or something that they, people can walk away and go, now I know what to do because I have this new insight. That sounds great. So in kind of a real life example, so if there was a ministry doing something in Nigeria, they could come to you and say, here's kind of what we're doing. Here's kind of what we would need. And you guys would put together a report for them. Could you do kind of customized information for ministries? That's right. So what we might do in that situation is we might simply say, hey, you know what? There's actually someone out there that's already looked at what you're trying to look at. And just go over here, talk to them. They can give you everything you need. So sometimes it's as easy as that mm. because we know all the different people involved in missions research around the world. But secondly, if it really is a new question that they're asking that really someone hasn't asked before or that there's just really not good information on then yeah, we'll come up with a plan and help them to say, how can I figure that information out so that I can then use that information to make a spirit-led decision and then uh, act on that decision and, uh, and hopefully have greater, greater impact for the kingdom in their obedience. Really great. And then generally, are they, are they paying you a fee for that information then? Yeah, so the way that works is um, in the West with Western organizations, um, they typically will pay us to help them and that's kind of how it works in the West. In the Global South and in, in many other parts of the world, we actually run two programs called the GMI Associates Program and the GMI Fellowship Program. And the way we help ministries around the world who maybe aren't able to, you know, to pay, you know, the, the rates that it costs to, you know, to have, you know, high-end uh, researchers in the U.S. doing the work is we actually invite people to join GMI as associates and get access to training, get access to our data sets, get access to 
camaraderie and prayer and interactions, collaborations between other researchers, and we support researchers around the world that way, then we also have the GMI Fellowship Program, where what we do is you can apply for a GMI Fellowship. Let's say you're a part of an organization, uh, let's say in Nigeria, and you really want to research one specific thing. You say, hey, I can assign this certain person, you know, three, four months to do that. And you can apply for a fellowship, and if that's granted, then you can be a fellow with GMI and be mentored as you do that very specific project. So there's uh, oh, that's multiple ways that we support research around the world. That's really fantastic. And I know as a agency director myself, I think, you know, that, that information would be worth the cost because if it helps me to be more effective in what I'm doing, you know, that's going to, that'd be, that'd be great. So um, we found, we found in that case that usually when you have the right information and you can make a strategic and intentional decision, that it, it's so much easier to share with your donors why you did what you did. And it's also easier to get support from your partners and from your staff and bring them on board because there's a way to tell the story of, well, here's why we're doing it this way versus, you know, five other ways that we might do it. Oh, that's right. Well, John, as you know, in all the interviews that we do, we have the same three questions that we like to ask all the folks who come on. Again, the idea being that we we get a very broad answer to these three questions, which is kind of the heart of, kind of what we do here at the Made for Missions podcast. And you had asked if you could answer the questions in light of some of the things you guys are doing at GMI. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. So the first question I want to ask you is, Given the passages of Scripture that address the Great Commission, do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? That's a great question. You know, I think what we realized is just in our own work internally at GMI, and I think most people kind of work through this in their own way on their own journey with God, but the obedience to God that is called the Great Commission is this obedience that has an application in everyone's life, but it may look a little different. I think one of the things that we've noticed as we've really tackled and dug in deep with the idea of stewardship and knowledge stewardship is that no matter who you are in the world, you have things that God gives you to steward. So everyone has a unique perspective on the Great Commission. They have a unique opportunity to steward in relationship to the Great Commission. So we, we meet people in churches who are passionate about reaching out to Iraqi refugees in their community, right? That is the Great Commission in action. And we talk missionaries who, from a very young age, have been called to go to Japan and invest in the Japanese people, even though the Japanese people are very resistant to the gospel and the church grows very slowly. That is another example of the Great Commission, even though there's not a ton of fruit. Then we see people who are sending short-term teams to places like Uganda, where Thousands of people are coming to Christ and huge impact and growth of the church. And that is the Great Commission. And so I think the act of what God puts in front of us is more core to the Great Commission than this getting the same results for everybody. And I think that's hard for people because people tend to equate value with the result, meaning if I see a big result, then I must be important in doing the right thing and being, you know, and, and God must be rewarding me. But if I see a little result, then, then I must not be doing the right thing or God must not be rewarding me. One of the passages that I really like the relationship to the stewardship that I think 
relates a lot to the Great Commission is Matthew 25, the idea of the talents that were given to the three stewards, right? When those talents were given, they were given different amounts in different contexts with different abilities by each steward, right? Each steward had a different set of abilities, different history with the master. They had a different understanding, a different, you know, a different uh, approach to the world. And two of them went out and, and with their skills and abilities, they took that resource that God asked them to steward, the master asked them to steward, and they stewarded it. They took a risk, responded obediently, and then the master rewarded them. And that third one was afraid, right? They were worried, they were concerned about risking too much, about not doing a good job. So they hid that amount. And when they hid that amount, the master then responded very negatively, right? And and I think a little bit about wh- why did the master respond so negatively? What was it in that story? And I think the germ of truth there from that story that Jesus was telling was that when when God gives us something in our hands, whether it's idea, knowledge, whether it's a talent, whether it's money, whether, you know, whether it's time, you know, to go and serve, if he gives that to us and if we do not respond in obedience, we are held accountable for that. Whether it's in our local community down the street, whether it's a thousand miles away, it applies across the board. And, and, and I think that speaks so much to the Great Commission and the fact that we are all required to steward the skills and knowledge and understanding and abilities that God's given us to see that Great Commission fulfilled. So rich in that the steward what God's given you, right? Yep, that's right. That's great. Well, that's great. Well, that's some great thoughts. Well, the second question on our Made for Missions three questions goes, furthermore, what is the follower of Jesus' responsibility in knowing about the Great Commission and his or her responsibility to obey it, especially given passages like John 14, 15, which, as you know, says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That's a great question as well. You know, I think of what's been helpful to me in this journey of studying stewardship is understanding the role of a steward and how that applies to the life of the everyday believer. A friend of mine and an author who's just written a book called um, The Steward Leadership in the Nonprofit Organization, his name is Dr. Kent Wilson. He has an awesome definition of stewardship I'm going to share, and then I'm going to apply it to the question. He says, a steward is anyone who manages the property and resources belonging to another in order to achieve the owner's objective. I love that simple definition. So I'll say it again real quick. A steward is anyone who manages the property and resources belonging to another in order to achieve the owner's objectives. And I think that in the context of the Great Commission, we are stewards of the resources that God has put on this earth the resources of our own personal abilities, time, et cetera, the resources of, you know, the money in this world, the, the intellectual capital of the world, that all actually belongs to God. And God's objective is the Great Commission. God says, I want the whole world to know that I am the king, I am returning, and I have sent my son Jesus to have grace and provide redemption to the world. So the question becomes, if that is the owner's objective, if that is God's objective to create a new kingdom where he has returned and reclaimed his creation for himself, and if he has done that through the saving grace of Jesus, then the question is, what property and resources is he calling me to steward towards that objective? 
right? So for GMI, in our world, because we work in research and ideas and information, he's given us all this rich information about the people groups of the world and the language is spoken where and when, and he's given us information about which evangelism tools work better in this context than that, and and who's working where and what they're doing. And our job, as we see it internally for us, is to say, how do we take that information, that resource, and apply it to accomplish the objective of the king, which is to see people come to know Christ? I think finally, the, the last piece of the reality of a steward is that we have to essentially look at the things that God has put in our in front of us, you know, our property, our resources, our talents, our time, our treasure, all these things, and say, God, okay, you've given me these things to steward. They actually belong to you. They don't belong to me, but you've put them in my care to accomplish your objectives, God. And you, one of your objectives is the Great Commission to bring the kingdom back to see people redeemed and brought to you both down the street from my home, across the nation, and of course, across the world. So God, how would those resources help accomplish that? And I think every believer has the ability to ask that question. And God's going to answer that question differently for every believer. And as we ask the question, and as we wait on God for the answer, then God's going to give us something to do. And that becomes then the responsibility of the local believer in the Great Commission, to ask the question of God as a, as a faithful steward, to hear the answer that God gives, and then respond faithfully in obedience. Well, yeah, the, a, uh, I think it's powerful to think of a little bit about just the fact that we don't own the things that we think we own sometimes. I think that, <laughs> you know, especially in our, in our American culture, we, we tend to think that if it's in our garage or if it's in our brain, it's ours. Right. And, and the reality uh-huh. that, wow, I, that's actually God's is, I think it kind of hits us a little hard sometimes because we are not used to thinking that way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying this latest podcast episode as much as I am. Let's take a quick break. Let our friend Tom Muller say a few words. Before we take the break, let me just make a note about something that John said that I thought was very key, right? So in this answer to our question number two, which has to deal with the Christian's responsibility to know about the Great Commission, given passages like John 14, 15, which says, you know, Jesus is actually saying, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And he turns it around a little bit, which I thought was a good way to do that. He says, a steward is anyone who manages the resources and property belonging to another in order to achieve the owner's objectives. And he says, it's really God's object. God's objective is the Great Commission. And so the responsibility of each Christian then is to find out what resources he's calling me to steward toward that objective, the objective, again, being the Great Commission. And so some real food for thought, I think. So uh, thanks for that, John. And uh, thanks again for coming on our podcast. And thank you all for joining us. And we will be right back after this short break. Hi, Tom Moeller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin? 
missionary to India and Persia. The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team in mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, John, what a great interview and what great thoughts you're having. The final question that we have for you is, finally, for the average Joe or Jane Christian, what are the top ways you would suggest for him or her to see Great Commission fulfillment in their lives? Yeah, thanks so much for asking that question, Mike. I think it's so key to really ask that, not only to get the general idea of, of, of what, what God expects me to do in missions, but really ask the very practical question of how does that look in the everyday life? And I think uh, for GMI, we talk about knowledge stewardship in the life of the local believer and the life of every believer as a spiritual discipline, meaning that in relation to the Great Commission, what we have to ask ourselves every day is say, okay, God, what are the ideas that you have put in my world today that you've allowed me to learn at my job, that you've allowed me to learn by watching a documentary or reading a book or meeting a friend and catalog those on a regular basis. Maybe it's daily, maybe it's weekly, monthly, whatever, and say, okay, God, how would these ideas, this this knowledge that you've allowed me to have and that I'm a steward of, how could that be used for missions? Like you pointed out earlier, maybe it's a business idea and maybe I can uh, be part of helping, you know, do something globally in business as mission or marketplace ministry that uses an idea in business that then allows someone access to a place that doesn't usually have access to the gospel. Maybe it's just an encouraging insight from the Bible, you know, that I learn, or maybe it's a realization that God wants me to do something in medical mission in El Salvador this summer, or whatever it might be. Every one of us is able to do that, but what we have to do is we have to do three things. We have to first intentionally catalog or kind of identify what we have to steward, right? We have to say, so what knowledge has God given me? We have to know what that is. Secondly, we have to ask God faithfully, God, how could that knowledge be of use in your kingdom? And then thirdly, we have to put that knowledge into action. We have to say, I'm not only going to recognize that it's valuable knowledge, right? Like in our world, when we have new insights about people groups in Africa, it's not enough just to say, wow, we now know better understanding of two or three key people groups that are less than 2% Christian. Great information. That's not enough. We have to apply that. We have to share it with people that can work among those people groups or that can develop uh, strategies to reach them more effectively. If you don't do the last step of applying that knowledge, uh, you have not been a good steward because you have not helped the owner accomplish their objectives. And that's really the core of a new book I've written called The Calling of the Knowledge Steward. Uh, that's just out. Uh, you can find it on gmi.org. And really, we're trying to say, how can we help the average believer and the missions executive and the missionary out in the field to become a knowledge steward themselves in such a way that they can use the kind of information that GMI is producing through our research, our maps, our infographics to have greater impact for the kingdom? Wow. That might be the, yeah, the three things you just mentioned, by the way, as I was used, I was hearing you talk, I think that's kind of an intentional thing, right? I mean, you can't just 
you know, dilly dally with that. It's a sitting down and really praying through. And I mean, it's, it's a process that probably would take some effort, right? That's right. It's, I think um, most people don't know what they know, right? Because we don't think about what we know. We just know it and use it and move on. So the process of cataloging or understanding what I know and how God might want to use that really takes some thought. And it takes being willing to take the time. And I think a lot of us, you know, in our busyness, you know, don't necessarily feel like we have the time. But if we truly believe that we are stewards of that knowledge for the owner's objectives, that is our Lord and Savior, then we realize that we have to do that. And uh, it becomes a challenge of obedience for us. Well, I look forward to getting a copy of that book, too, because it sounds like if there's a lot of that kind of content, that this should be a, a great read for folks. So, John, thanks so much for, for joining us. I'd love to have folks be able to connect with you guys, maybe with you personally on Twitter, however you want to. What would be the best ways for people to learn more about what you guys are doing and keep up with you guys on social media? Yeah, well, we really love those connections and are really trying to serve the body well. I would give two initial things for you to connect with. One is if you simply go to gmi.org, there's a whole bunch of books and free maps and resources and all kinds of cool stuff that you can find if you're on mission and interested in using knowledge to have greater impact. But one of the specific things that I would say, and it's the easiest thing to connect with because it's so quick, is we run a service called missiographics.com, and that's spelled M-I-S-S-I-O, then the word graphics, all one word, and missiographics are infographics about missions. And every month we develop a new infographic that's completely free and downloadable off the Internet. On every subject, our, our latest one's on the Olympics. We've done it on persecution, on the unreached peoples of the world, on global elections, on you know, clean water and the, the mission of God in relationship to sanitation and 50 of them are out there. And that is the easiest thing that someone can do to begin to steward a little bit of knowledge in a real simple way. And so if you search for Mr. Graphics on any social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, they're all there and they're all free and available. And I would encourage the people to connect with GMI that way. That's the easiest thing you can do begin to follow us, interact with us, ask questions, and we have people that are ready to answer those. And then finally, if anyone in the audience really has a specific research or missions question you really want to know, we have a person who answers info at gmi.org, and part of their ministry is really answering missions research and you know key questions that you have. And so we really encourage you to email info at gmi.org and ask your question and our team will be glad to engage and respond and try to resource you. That's great. I know the time I've spent on your website has been valuable. So, yeah, I hope folks will do that. John, thanks so much for joining us. I'm so thankful. I think we may be interested, if you're interested, to have you come back. And obviously, we're running in some of the same avenues, if you will. And so, so thankful that you're here and uh, look forward to having you on the podcast again. My pleasure. I'd love to come back. and share on specific topics, uh, whatever's of interest to the community. I want to just uh, let everyone who's listening know that we at GMI will be praying for those listening to this podcast, praying that God will really use uh, some of this uh, info to encourage and inspire and, and help move people forward in their Great Commission response.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 49th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I want to thank John Hurst again for coming on the podcast. John, great insights. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all. If you want to interact with us, of course, you can connect with me on Twitter, at Missions Mike. Of course, my regular co-host, Ken Watmore, is at Ken Watmore on Twitter. I would also encourage all of you to join uh, John and his team on the GMI.org website. A lot of fantastic information. Wherever it is you want to find out information to further your work around the world, they do a fantastic job. So let me encourage you to do that as well. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you on the what will be the 50th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. 